Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles this morning, turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. We're looking at verses 1 through 13 this morning. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus said, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend... Yet because of his impudence, his boldness, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, I wish it said, so I tell you, so I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This passage that I just read is this Luke's record of the same teaching that Jesus gave that's recorded in Matthew chapter 6, which is part of the overall teaching that we know of as the Sermon on the Mount. Is it the same thing, just Luke's um, take on it? Well, the answer is no, it is not the same. With the exception of just a few phrases, everything in Luke chapter 11 verses 1 through 13 is different from Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 15. Let me give you a couple of those differences. First of all, there's the difference of location. Matthew chapter 6 took place in the region of Galilee. Luke chapter 11 takes place in the region of Judea. So we know right now this is a different time, a different place. There's also a different purpose in Jesus giving this teaching. In Matthew chapter 6, the purpose was it was part of an overall broader teaching, again known as the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus touched on a variety of topics. But as we come to Luke chapter 11, the teaching is now being offered as a response from one of the disciples. I don't know that it was one of the 12. In fact, I think it probably wasn't one of the 12, but one of the other multitude of disciples that were following along with him. This teaching that we just read is a direct, is a response to the direct request to teach about prayer. And then finally, 
As we look at the two passages, we find that they have a different concluding emphasis. When you look at Matthew chapter 6, when you get through what we call the Lord's Prayer, you'll find a sentence or two where Jesus takes the thing about forgiveness and then he kind of emphasizes that a little bit further letting us know of the need of the imperative. If we want, you know, if we expect God to be forgiving us, that we need to be allowing that forgiveness to overflow to others. And so that's kind of a concluding emphasis on that particular teaching. But in Luke chapter 11, we find the concluding emphasis being about the persistence or persistence in prayer. And so in summary, I just want to say that although there are some similarities... The Matthew 6 passage and the Luke 11 um, teaching, they were given at different times, different locations. They were given for different reasons to a different audience and with a different overall emphasis. With that said, let's get in to this passage. Verse 1. In verse 1, Luke tells us that Jesus had been actively engaged in prayer when this scene began to unfold. Now my question is, does that come as a shock to anybody? Anybody shocked about that? Anybody shocked that Jesus would be active in prayer? I don't think so. I think we'd be shocked if it was the other way around, wouldn't we? Because you know, over the years we have seen time and time and time again, it's been presented to us many times that, that, that Jesus was committed to prayer. Even still though, When we take into consideration who Jesus is, at least for me, as I think about it with a broader mind, it's a little bit surprising that he would give such attention to prayer. I mean, if anyone could go it on his own, if anyone had the resources to do whatever they needed to do, wouldn't it have been Jesus? I mean, he is God. And so as God, what possible need would he have of prayer? And yet the fact remains that despite his divinity, Jesus found it necessary and profitable to intentionally and regularly give himself to the practice of prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, as I think about that, since I'm a follower of Jesus... When I see who he is and all the resource available to him, and I recognize how important prayer was to him and that he engaged in it actively, it somewhat increases my understanding of the incalculable value that prayer holds for those of us who call ourselves disciples or followers of Jesus. And it encourages me to remember that if he needed it, how much more do I? Each Tuesday, as I said, as I began the, the service at the very beginning, I, I, I share with you that each Tuesday, this, the church staff, when we come together um, around the table there in the office, and we gather for a time of devotion and prayer. And recently, as part of our devotional time, we've been uh, utilizing a book by a man named Paul David Tripp. And the book that he has put out is called New Morning Mercies. And it was interesting that uh, this past Tuesday, as we sat down and opened it up to that particular day, guess what the scripture reading was? It's the same as we just read. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. I don't know how that happened. That just is crazy, right? But in that devotional, and in all the devotionals, there's kind of a summary statement. Um, 
And I wanted to share the summary statement with you today because I found it to be very important. In that devotional, Trip writes, Prayer is abandoning my reliance on me and running toward the rest that can be found only when I rely on the power of God. That's a very important statement. I put it there in your note, guys, so that you would have it, and I hope that you'll uh, look at it often. Let's read it again. Prayer is abandoning when I pray. What am I doing? I am abandoning my reliance on myself, and instead I am running toward the rest that can be found only when I rely on the power of of God. Now, those are great words, I think, for all of us, but my question here is this. Do you think Jesus saw prayer the same way? Do you think he would have looked at it in the way that uh, Mr. Tripp uh, summarizes it? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning that he did look at it that way. And he looked at it that way because when Jesus came to earth, he wrapped himself in the flesh of humanity. And in doing so, he surrendered the independent use of his powers as God to the discretion of the Father. Let's make it clear. He didn't surrender his divinity. He maintained that. Jesus was fully God in the flesh, but he did surrender the independent use of his divine attributes to the Father. And we see him telling us about that in John chapter 5, verse 20. Take note. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son, he's speaking of himself, can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. In other words, he had to rely upon his communion with the Father to be able to have the wherewithal to do whatever it was that he was doing. In verse 30 of the same chapter, he repeats it a little bit differently. He says, I can do nothing on my own. Why could he do nothing on his own? Because he had clothed himself in human flesh and he had surrendered the independent use of his attributes to the Father. He was not in a position just to do whatever he wanted whenever he wanted. He was here to accomplish the Father's will. And so he tells us, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That leads me to truth point number one, which says that Jesus practiced prayer because apart from prayer, he had no way to know the Father's will or to receive the Father's power through the Holy Spirit. I don't know. I just got a feeling somebody in the audience will take issue with that. And so I'll probably get an email or two or a visit. That's okay. But I just simply challenge you to give me something different. I mean, he was just like in the sense, he, he, he communed with the Father to get the Father's uh, direction. For example, before he chose the 12 disciples that would be apostles, what did he do? We've already been over this. He prayed all night long. Why? Because he needed direction from the Father. He just didn't have it in his heart. And so I repeat that Jesus practiced prayer. Because apart from prayer, he had no way to know the Father's will or to receive the Father's power through the Spirit. Now, if that's true of Jesus, how much more is it true of us who follow Him? I say to us who are here today that we must be, we must by necessity follow Jesus into the intentional and regular practice of prayer. Jesus was actively praying when this scene began. Verses 2 through 4. We know that... Those who were following after him 
were witnesses of his regularity in prayer. They were also witnesses that his prayer was quite a bit different than what they had been taught or what they conceived of prayer to be. And so one of those followers came and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And from there, Jesus begins his lesson. And he begins the lesson by giving them an outline. And this outline has six points, at least it does here in Luke chapter 11. Take note of the points. Point number one is Father. Teach us to pray, okay? When you do, address God as Father. That right there sets the tone of relationship. Now, everybody on this earth has a relationship with God. Everybody, no matter who they are, have the relationship with God as creator, created. And that's one kind of relationship we can have. Many people on this earth have the relationship with God as sinner and judge. But there's another group on this earth who have a relationship with God that is son or daughter to father. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.